0: and talk about the story behind the matches. I'm Matt. And I'm Michael. Welcome to episode 12, Great American Bash 1987.
1: Where were you on July 4th, 1987? The tagline was, where were you July 4th, 1987?
0: No, it's not. War Games, the match beyond. I totally fumbled that. So, Great American Bash is the third... Great American Bash event series produced by the Jim Crockett Productions for the NWA. As it was the last couple years, it was a tour.
1: How many was it? As many dates? The last one was like two weeks or some shit.
0: Actually, I think it was more. Was it? I have because like like literally they had shows in like two different cities sometimes on the same day.
1: Oh, even for this one, because like I have dates here and maybe these are just the dates of where they taped. So I have the fourth, the eighteenth, and the thirty-first.
0: That's pretty much the ones that we see. Oh, okay.
1: The, so that's what that's why I have The that.
0: series started on July first in Lakeland, Florida, ended on July thirty first in Miami, but they ran twenty seven total shows in thirty one days. Yeah. In cities all across the US. So like literally there was a show in like Maryland the same night that there was a show in Oklahoma City. There was a show in Oklahoma City. I believe it. Um, and this would be the last event to be just closed-circuit television for Jim Crockett Projections. And the video we have... Let's talk about this video for a second. So, it's a best-of video that... Yeah, like the other ones we watched. Entertainment puts out. Just kind like we watched the last couple Great American Bashes. Uh, Most of the matches that are covered happened either in Atlanta, Greensboro, or Miami. After we watched... Because we didn't get the actual video. We got a collection of... I ain't spending 60 bucks on a VHS tape. We got a collection of files and stuff that we got off the internet, basically. And, heads up right now, the second War Games match is on the network. Which we did not realize. But, we did not realize that until literally... Because how do
1: you search 15 guys' names? Until literally like 12 hours before we recorded. I'm kind of interested to watch it now. Just because the, when we the one we watched there was like no camera angles.
0: So you can go to the out point there. where it was kind of funny. Yeah, it was very funny. So you can go out to the network, watch the two war games matches that we're going to talk about during the show. The rest of the show you can find on this probably. best of video or yeah. online somewhere. I'm out.
1: sure if you look up the two guys' names and Great American Bash, the match will show up on the
0: internet. It's probably out there on if, YouTube. Yeah, or if like
1: that. yeah, if. Uh, If Vince didn't put it on the network, then he probably doesn't care if you stream it, (laughs) whether he owns it or not. Or
0: at least that's how it should be. Yeah. Like we said, during this time frame, other things that were happening in the world, Rick Ashley released the hit single, Never Gonna gonna Give give You you Up. up."
1: Okay. God, it's so crazy because like that, you see that music video and then I watched this. Granted, this was a VHS tape of like not so great NWA production quality, but then yeah. like ripped to like a fucking like computer file, and it just and it's like the Rick Astley song sounds pretty good. Why doesn't this look good?
0: Exactly. <laughs> a Cherry Garcia had begun to be produced by Ben and Jerry's ice cream.
1: Uh, ben and Jerry's is that
0: old? At Least eighty seven. I got 82. a hot take
1: on Gen- Ben and Jerry's.
0: What's your hot take on Ben and Jerry's? It's too fucking expensive. But it's so good. It's good, but I don't think it's worth it. I don't know. It's my favorite ice cream. Yeah, I try not to. Are eat you it. a
1: Cherry Garcia guy? I'm not a Cherry Garcia what guy. What is your go-to then?
0: I am a uh, fish food.
1: Oh, uh, is that's the one that's named after the the band, right? Yes. What's in it? Um, like chocolate covered goldfish, which it, kind of sounds tight. Chocolate covered fish, but like goldfish, like the
0: crackers. No, no, oh, no that'd be just weird. Chocolate covered fish, or it's some like are bits, Some are, yeah, but they're like fishes. chocolate that are the shape of a fish. Yeah. It's chocolate chocolate ice cream with, like, caramel and then the fish-colored, yeah, the um, fish chocolate-covered fish. Chocolate
1: if it was, face. like, a dollar less, I could get behind it.
0: If everything was a dollar less, uh, I could get behind <laughs> that's
1: it. That's a good point. Are those, so, your, are those the only two things that happened?
0: I mean, I'm sure there was more that happened. But those All are right. the two most interesting things that I could find. Okay. So this video opens with 70s disco lights Shining in the ring with someone announcing, Let the war, war games begin. begin!
1: There's something that, what do they say about the bomb? I you heard
0: know. something about a bomb?
1: I don't know. I feel like they said, I think that there was a title screen that said something about a bomb. I
0: don't, I don't know. I don't remember this. Yeah. There's but no, then nobody dies. It's fine. No, no, yeah. The first match of the night, we get the four horsemen, which is Ric Flair, Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson... And, and Lex, Lex Luger. Luger
1: Yeah, who's not an original for Horseman No no, He's like the, is he a second or the third? He's
0: the, he's the newest member Taking over for Oleian Yeah uh, J.J. Dillon is in the match as well uh, And Dark Journey Is on the outside looking on <sighs> Poor Dark Journey with her name Versus the Road Warriors of Hawk and Animal Dusty Rhodes Nikita Koloff And Paul Ellering In a War Games cage match.
1: Yeah, and then the don't forget the crowd shot of the fat guy in the Larry Bird jersey.
0: Can't miss that. (laughs) You really (laughs) can't. So this uh, the first match here is from Atlanta on July 4th. Uh, We see the four horsemen come out to Spotch there, Thrustra, which is Flair's music.
1: Spotch. I just like saying Spotch, that's it.
0: Exactly. So the rules of the match. Yeah, tell them to me, please. There are eight periods. Two men start. They go for five minutes. After a coin toss, one team gets the advantage for two minutes. They don't even minutes. show a coin toss. You see the ref do the toss, but like they don't actually show heads or tails, which is obvious because it's a fixed match, I know. and you
1: know what's going to happen. I know, but I want a coin toss. They promised
0: me a coin toss. One team then gets an advantage for two minutes until all ten men are in the ring. And once that happens... The war games begin? Submission or surrender. Which, like, surrender means submission, right? I Meaning basically means, hey, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's the same thing as submission. But the war games match, that means there are two rings surrounded completely by a cage. There is a top on this cage. Yeah,
1: it's like two full rings, like, buddy-buddy, like, a uh, uh, little house on the prairie, like, push the beds together, like... Son-in-law starring Polly Shore push the beds together, but like with a cage <laughs> around it. You fuck with Son-in-law? That movie's good.
0: So Arn and Dusty Rhodes start this match and the first camera angle that we see, like literally I couldn't tell that there was two rings with the first camera angle.
1: No, me neither. Because I'd was i seen other War Games matches in my life and like for, for I, yeah, with the camera angle at first I was like okay, well maybe War Games was just in a regular ass cage. Design. I know, I thought so too.
0: All the other competitors are just sitting in chairs on the outside of the ring, just waiting for their yeah. turn. Would have
1: been really great if we saw one of them like pick up a course and like swig it back before they entered the ring.
0: Arn goes for a back body drop off an Irish whip, but Dusty reverses it into a DDT.
1: Yeah, which is the only thing he does outside of like elbows. Well, that's not true. He gets a little mobile.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Dusty's using the top of the cage as a cheese grater on Arn's head, and Arn is busted open.
1: What's the... Is that our quickest NWA color?
0: Within five minutes of a match, probably. That rules. A horrible looking hip toss by Arn, Or maybe Dusty just doesn't know how to take it. Or maybe Dusty's a big guy. Maybe Dusty drank a lot of beer. <laughs> and then Arn hits a dropped knee drop. Dusty goes to slap on the figure four. But you can't win until everybody's in the ring, so it makes total sense. Maybe, I mean, like, I guess
1: you could put it on and, like, if he... Surrenders, then he can just like recover by himself in the ring, which would be pretty great. But then it's like, well, you're only going to put the the big guys in a the big double cage match. You're not going to throw a jobber in
0: there. But nobody can you can't submit you can't submit or surrender until all ten minutes. Oh, so he could have just broke his fucking leg off. He literally could have just sat there in the figure four for until the match was over. So he could have like put he could have put
1: like a knife in his shorts and then just like stabbed him to death and like sat on his body. we've got some issues with the war games there
0: are weapons in this match as we'll find out Uh, we then see the coin toss kind of off in the distance and of course the four horsemen win because you have to have the heels have the advantage Tully jumps in the ring and he actually trips on the ropes as he's as he's getting in Arn and Tully then get double elbowed and double punched by Dusty Arn and Tully finally get the best of Dusty and start beating on him and Rhodes is busted open two minutes is up how much blood is that so far? Just two two boys. Two boys. Who's coming in?
1: Road Warrior Hawk. Uh, I know you're a Road Warrior man.
0: Feel the rush.
1: The video quality is bad on these, and I have a hard time being like, oh, "Which Road Warrior is that?" <laughs> but luckily, I also
0: luckily I know which ones which. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, good, it's good. It's good that I got you here because uh, you're a Road Warrior man.
0: We then see double axe handles clear the horseman off of Dusty. Hawk throws Tully to the other ring and then clotheslines Arn. Hawk does three slingshots of Tully into the cage, and Blanchard is now busted open.
1: There's, I think, before this, maybe it's Dusty does the double punch. Yes. Which I love because it's so silly. But basically, it like, you no punch sense. at the same time and it's like, well, yeah. No, no, just, no, it's... Uh, oh, he did the roll and then he yeah, did the punch. Oh, yeah, did he roll it up first? Yeah. But yeah, it's like... Ugh. Like, that's, that's like, there's no body behind that because yeah. you're just like pushing. Yeah, it's very bizarre. It makes no sense. You can't see me, but what I'm doing is I'm punching with both my fists at the same time instead He's of coughing back and punching throwing a pinch. It's called a double punch. Watch the match.
0: It's funny. Hawk and Animal are double teaming Tully. Arn comes for the save and gets clotheslined again by Hawk. Two minutes is up. Next horseman is Ric Flair. Woo! Ooh. Chops to Hawk, but he no sells and stalks after Flair. Arn is there, and the horsemen throw Hawk into the cage, and we get a busted open Road Warrior.
1: Everyone has color. We get a, a Ric Flair, Woo! and then, he, Woo! and then he just like humps the air, and I'm like, whoa,
0: dude, you need to calm sh- down. You need calm. To calm. Down. Yeah, and then he tosses Hawk into the cage again. Dusty recovers close, closed lines to Arn and Flair. Another two minutes is up, which also I didn't have a clock on the t- two minutes, but no. some of them felt. Quicker than others. Quicker than others. But there's a lot of. I mean,
1: like normally I wrote in my notes if there was a cut because a lot of these matches on this are longer than uh, what's on this tape or what we watch. So there's like obvious hard cuts. Did you have? Did you have an issue with the commentary? Because I could not hear any of it.
0: I don't think I could hear it either. It was
1: there. I could hear it happening, but it was there. But I'm pretty sure that it's Jim Ross on this
0: show. It might later on. There's another match that Jim Ross is on, but I don't know if
1: it's it's this one but it's like from Shivani
0: and David Crockett were probably the main announcers but there's probably other yeah. stops that Jim Ross was I on. definitely
1: feel like I, uh, I never like know that I heard Jim Ross and I was like I can't hear him I was like I can't mistake that voice for anybody else
0: no but that two minutes is up Nikita is now in the ring and Flair grabs Nikita as he enters Arn comes to help but Koloff hits a double Russian sickle on the pair when did Nikita turn face before their oh, match the last... at Starcade. Lush. Yeah,
1: that's true. Yeah, 25. I love. I just love that he's still called Nikita Koloff, and he still wears like the CCP like shit. But his face,
0: yeah, rules. Nikita then goes to the other ring, throws Tully into the cage. Hawk press slams Flair. We get Flair chopping on Nikita. Another no cell, chasing Ring Rick to the other ring, and then throws him into the cage, busting him open. Another two minutes is up, and Lex Luger joins the fray. Luger goes right after Koloff and gives him a huge body slam and then Flair with the low blow on Nikita. Tully and Flair twice give spike pile drivers
1: to Nikita. Oh, they look so fucking good. He sells it so well.
0: Two minutes is up and here comes Road Warrior Animal. Animal stumbling over himself to get to each member of the horseman, laying each and every one out. And then another two minutes is up and it's now J.J. Dillon's turn to get into the ring. Dylan comes right in, gives an elbow and a punch to Animal, who just looks at him like, "Was that supposed to hurt?" Oh no, he no sells the shit out of it. It's great. Animal then gives a Canadian neckbreaker to Luger, which we saw the last Great American Bash video against Flair, and we were all like, "What is that move?" Uh, yeah. So cool. Two min- another two minutes up. Paul, uh,
1: I get my my tape that, or my digital copy of the tape that I watched tracked. It had a video calibration that came up from, like, the... Yeah, it was, like, somebody, like, taking it from, like, VHS to DVD and then Mm -hmm. turning it into a file,
0: and it was pretty awesome. Paul Ellering's the last man to enter, and the announcer announces the match beyond. Submission Submission or or Surrender. surrender. Now, there's lots of mayhem in the ring. Ten men just going at it all over the place.
1: Clotheslines, I I think, a busted-up J.J. Dusty hits the double noggin
0: knocker on Arn and Luger.
1: I think there's a batter. Uh, one of the Road Warriors is a battering ram spot into the cage on JJ. It's very possible. Nikita well, hits a lot.
0: Russian sickles to Tully and Flair. Road Warriors tossing Dylan into the cage and then yeah, lift him up for the Doomsday Device. Yeah,
1: and he gets surrendered. <laughs> Flair
0: has spikes and is stabbing people, which was actually a spiked wristband that was Paul Ellering actually had on like and he was, brought like, with him, like a real punk rocker. I don't. And I then, did not catch that. I don't remember that at all. And then all of a sudden, you see JJ by the by the cage, and the he, camera spot. And he's like motioning for the refs, and they say they say Teddy Long. I don't see Teddy the, the Teddy Long that we know about. Yeah. have, but they say Teddy Long the ref, which is what he was before long before he uh, became the Teddy Long. Yeah. The refs are over by JJ, and he surrenders.
1: Yeah, no, they put, like, uh, one of the Road Warriors, I think, has his, like, foot on his neck against the bottom of the cage, and it's, like, a really good, like, level camera spot, and it's basically, like, he's pushing his head, because, like, in the cage, the cage is around the the rings, but it's not outside of the rings, so it's, like, level with it, so, like, the bar is, like, where the apron is, outside of the ropes or whatever, and he's got his, basically, his head, he's bleeding, and he's got his head stuck up next to, like, the bar, not, like, the chain link. The part that would hurt, and he's just, like, pushing his head with his boot on it, and it looks fucking gnarly.
0: So the bell rings. Everyone kind of keeps going for, for like, a second or two, because no one's really sure what exactly has happened. Yeah, because it's insanity. And literally, neither do we. But, that's that match. And then we head off to our second match. So
1: the winners are the, the dream?
0: The winners are... The Road Warriors, Dusty, yeah. Nikita. Yeah, are they called the Dream Team? They, do they have a name? I it's think like... they actually, I think Nikita and Dusty were, were called the Superpowers uh, at this time. It's 87, but, so you can't be like heels versus faces. Yeah. But we head off to our second match. We got Barry Wyndham versus Rick Steiner. This match is from July 4th in Atlanta. And after the announcements, the video jumps ahead. Right here,
1: yeah, it's a hard cut
0: to Wyndham giving a drop kick to Steiner, and this is where we do hear Jim Ross commentating. Okay, so most likely he was on that July Fourth show because that's where that War Games show was or match was as well. Rick then gives a pair of Steiner lines, and Jim Ross gives an intestinal fortitude call. He
1: does he? I couldn't hear. It. Yeah, I feel like if I watched it on my computer with like shittier speakers, it would have compressed it. But like I watched it in my living room, and uh-huh. I got like the like typical you know, like, 5.1 setup, so I feel like it doesn't... Like, if you watch bad audio, it doesn't know where to put it. So everything just kind of turns into shit.
0: Steiner then hits a belly-to-belly suplex but doesn't cover until Wyndham had rolled under the ropes. A back elbow sends Wyndham out to the floor, and Steiner follows and throws Wyndham into the ring post and then into a guardrail. Steiner hits a vertical suplex to bring Wyndham back into the ring and goes to the cover... But then, for some reason, flips over, and Wyndham is on top for the pin and the win. It's the it's a weird ending. Yes. And I th- and I, it's literally Wyndham's. Fall. I think Wyndham forgot to cradle. Yeah. After the suplex, to help make the momentum. Yeah. Carry. But over. the
1: thing is, is that like he got he actually pinned the man, which doesn't happen very often.
0: It's a clean finish. Anyway. It's a sloppy clean but finish, it's like but it's like a sloppy, clean finish. Clean yeah, finish, exactly.
1: Uh, also, like was, that was our first Rick Steiner, right? It was our first Rick Steiner. And you didn't, you didn't do the, your whole um, Hall of Fame call. Is Rick he, Steiner is, is not
0: it, a Hall of Fame anywhere in any of the major Hall of Fames that I, yeah, that I look at. Yeah, you're not like AOL's. Like, I think he might actually be in the Thez Hall of Fame. Which is for amateur wrestlers. Yeah. Because he, he was a, a amateur wrestler. he was like, a yeah. co- collegiate wrestler at the University of Michigan. Yeah.
1: He's a, he's a OG guy. He didn't get yeah. he, he wasn't getting stretched out in the fucking basement.
0: So after our third match, Lex Luger with JJ Dillon versus Nikita Koloff in a steel cage for the NWA US Heavyweight Championship. Now this match is from Greensboro on july eleventh. Nikita comes out wearing a neck brace. Oh, yeah, he does. Are you wondering why? Of course. Because this match happened a week after the previous War Games match when he was given two spike pile drivers. Oh, thank God. Storytelling, guys. God damn, NWA. Selling by Nikita. I'm
1: just saying, I'm excited for the next couple of years of NWA before it becomes WCW.
0: So the crowd is cheering for Nikita, and it literally sounds like when we're watching New Japan and a Japanese crowd is cheering for Naito.
1: <laughs> Naito!
0: Naito! 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 Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, I love a Japanese crowd. So this match had lots of lockups early on. Also, like, it started and I was, like, it was, like, a hard cut to the match. Yeah. And, like, they don't really get entrance or whatever because the videotape or whatever. And I was just like, I guess it's in a cage.
0: Because <laughs> they just, like, started. Uh, it then skips to later in the match when Lex slams Nikita's head off the turnbuckle. And Luger's just working over the neck with knee drops, a headlock that lasts for days, and a swinging neck breaker. How long do you think it lasts without cuts? <laughs> Probably lasted a good two or three yeah. minutes. Two, three minutes. But the thing is, is that both men did a good job of selling it. Yeah. So I was, like, it's a rest hold, but I was not bored watching that rest hold because they were doing a good job of selling it. Luger then rips the neck brace off, tosses it into the crowd, and continues to go after the injured area. Luger goes for a pile driver, but Nikita back body drops Lex. Luger then puts Koloff in the full Nelson, and Nikita slowly fades to the ground. So he's like has has it locked in, yeah. and the ref grabs the arm once, oh. twice. Oops. The arm stays up.
1: Not a chance. Luger brother.
0: Luger hits multiple two count pin attempts, and Luger then goes back to the headlock. As the announcer says, this match was at thirty minutes at this point. I know, and I was
1: like, I was like, thank God they cut this shit. Yeah, I, uh, I thought uh, the same thing. Yeah. Also, uh, like, and it's not bad. It's just like, fuck, what could they have done for thirty minutes? Lots of rust holds. Fuck me. Fucking um, JJ on the outside. JJ's
0: gray suit. He looks good. Looks good. The man looks good. Nikita then backs Luger into the turnbuckle to escape the hold. Koloff gets some offense in but stops to pose and Luger comes out of the corner to nail him. Luger then whips Koloff into the corner but Nikita comes back with a Russian sickle to take Lex and the ref down. Nikita goes for the covering, gets the hypothetical three count, but there's no ref. J.J. Dillon, on the outside, throws a chair into the ring to Luger while Koloff is still checking on the ref. Lex then hits Nikita with the chair in the back and hands it back over to the ring to Dillon. Yeah, like over the cage. It's fucking cool. Lex then lifts Nikita into the torture rack. I know. I was so excited to see a torture rack. I was like, hell yes. Nikita's out and the ref calls for the bell. And new!
1: It's hard for me to tell, like, because everybody has a belt. For It seems like in an NWA show, so it's like, whose belt is on the
0: line? And, like, is it on the line? <laughs> I can honestly say Torture Rack was one of my favorite finishing moves. Yeah, Torture Rack rules. Of all time. Anyone out there who's ever loved wrestling and had brothers and sisters probably yeah. did wrestling moves on their siblings. Totally. I put my sister in the Torture Rack all, all the, the time. fucking time. Yeah,
1: It also, it looks... It looks great. It's cheesy. It's the perfect amount of like cheese and awesome.
0: Yeah. On to our fourth match, Dr. Death, Steve Williams, with Magnum TA in his corner versus Captain Redneck, Dick Murdoch, with Eddie Gilbert in his corner in a Texas Death Match. Death match. What are the rules for the
1: Texas Death Match?
0: Uh last man standing basically?
1: Yeah. What are the like is this before the the old like
0: First, the rules are first man to go down for a ten count loses. That's what they said.
1: Okay. There's a. I just got a pretty great uh, Texas Deathmatch T-shirt, which is like based off of when they explained it on television and showed like the logo, and then like had the rules like scroll up, and it has all the rules on them, and none of them make sense, and it's tight. <laughs> That's all I got. But I was like, so what are the rules? Because I don't know the fucking rules.
0: So Steve Williams he's actually a former University of Oklahoma football player and wrestler and is a member of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame. Dick Murdoch is a professional wrestling Hall of Famer and Eddie Gilbert is a member of the Hardcore Hall of Fame aka ECW. So is that like is that a Tommy Dreamer thing? Um, it's actually the ECW Arena at 2300. Okay. It they Inducted him into their Hall of Fame, and they'd call it the Hardcore Hall of Fame. This match is from Atlanta on July fourth as well. Uh, You see, Williams has a cast on his arm, uh, and that was because it was broken by Murdoch and Gilbert at some point in the in the past. Murdoch is giving a wrench early on. Gilbert hands Murdoch a wrench to hit Williams. The old FO.
1: Yeah, I love the FO. But this is a Texas Death Match,
0: so. It's all good. Everything goes.
1: Does he try to hide it?
0: No, he didn't. Okay. Uh, Murdoch keeps attacking the casted arm of Williams. And then we get some big right hands by Dr. Death that has Murdoch stumbling. Williams with the shoulder block but tries for a second and Murdoch moves, sending Dr. Death into the ring post, shoulder first. Murdoch then goes up to the top rope, but Williams hits him with a cast as he comes down. And the ref has one of the fastest ten counts I have ever seen. (laughs) It's a quick one. But Williams is up at 8, but Murdoch doesn't get up. Dr. Death is the winner.
1: I started to watch this, and my notes say, uh, Matt's calling this, because <laughs> I don't know what happened.
0: Post-match, Gilbert comes running in, but Williams hits him with the cast, then grabs him, and Murdoch is finally up and has a chair, hits Williams in the back of the head, and then goes after the arm with the chair as well. Uh, you see the ref fighting with Murdoch to get the chair out of the ring when Magnum gives... Dr. Death his cane, which Steve Williams uses to hit Murdoch across the chest and to clear the ring. Murdoch has, like, fell out of the ring and then is just chilling in Jim Ross's chair at the announce booth.
1: Can we actually see Jim
0: Ross on the screen? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I caught that. Him and Tony Schiavone are standing there yeah. at ringside. I
1: heard him, like, a little bit because I was like, oh, I can't hear a thing.
0: After our fifth match, we got the fabulous Freebirds. Buddy Roberts, Michael Hayes, and Terry Gordy versus Ivan Koloff, Manny Fernandez, and Paul Jones. This is our actual first appearance of the Fabulous Freebirds, and they are professional wrestling, Wrestling Observer Newsletter, and WWE Hall of Famers.
1: I mean, yeah, Michael Hayes is forever employed.
0: <laughs> he He's like the super agent in the back for WWE. Yeah, right
1: and like, honestly,
0: I know what he looks like now, but... Damn, did he look pretty good in 87. Exactly. This match is also from July 4th in Atlanta. And we see Michael Hayes doing some stomping and dancing to get the crowd into the yeah, match.
1: Yeah, he, he's, he, he's a man of the people.
0: Manny Fernandez looking a little pudgy nowadays. Yeah. He, he,
1: he, did, he did a bit of the opposite of... Uh, Don Morocco? Oh yeah, of Don Morocco. Who just wait...
0: Exactly. For, for what old Nani does. Buddy Roberts runs the ropes when Paul Jones kicks him from the apron, which allows for a Koloff-Fernandez double team to gain control. Roberts with the sunset flip, but Koloff makes the tag to Paul Jones, and then Jones misses a knee drop, which allows Roberts to make the hot tag. all about a hot tag. Terry Gordy's in, and Gordy with right hands to all three heels. The Mayhem then breaks loose as all six men are in the ring... Gordy then Irish whips Paul Jones, hits him with a back elbow, and then a running elbow drop for the pin, and the win. Wait, does anybody have a better... And I can honestly say I do not think there was a cut in this match. Yeah,
1: I don't know. Are they is there any better like wrestling logo than like the Bad Street logo? It's pretty good. It's pretty great. I have a rock band in the vein of like Ramones ish. They have a shirt which is just their name with the mm-hmm. USA underneath it in that logo. And when it fit me, it was one of my favorite t-shirts. But it says, because they were, they're called Bad Sports. So Bad Sports USA looks pretty good. If they were talking shit on wrestling by calling themselves uh, Bad Sports, we might have to talk. But it was, yeah, it was a good, a was a, was a, a solid,
0: <laughs>
1: solid takeover of a great logo.
0: We got our sixth match we got Dusty Rhodes with Barry Windham in his corner versus Tully Blanchard with J.J. Dillon and Dark Journey in his in a Lights Out barbed wire ladder match. What is the Lights Out for? For $100,000. Oh my god, so the Lights are out. The Lights Out, which they actually say at some point during the match, actually means... Do you have to see birds above your head? It literally just means it's a no-DQ match.
1: Yeah, basically that's what anything means. Yeah. But like, so it's lights out for $100,000 and it's a barbed wire match. And the barbed wire just means that we put barbed wire around you. So you guys don't even, you can leave your razor blades in your backpack or in your duffel bag.
0: Pretty much. The match is from Charlotte on July 18th. And we see the ropes wrapped in barbed wire.
1: Yeah, they're, but it's like kind of like a, they're not wrapped like... Cylindrically, it's it's like it's like uh, it's like kind of like a chain link fence, but wider, yeah. Like you know, it's like V's from rope to rope,
0: exactly. And there's a bag of money hanging above the ring,
1: yeah. There is a bag of money.
0: Uh, the first few minutes has the two men just trying not to be tossed into the barbed wire, yeah.
1: Dusty gets elbows in because Dusty is an elbow machine,
0: exactly. I don't know if you heard this or not, but I felt like there was an ice cream man walking around the stadium, as you can hear. Oh, really? The ice cream man music. What's the ice cream? How does it go? The just like a. Oh like yeah, a stupid, yeah. Stupid like. Yeah, I got you. I just was
1: sure, wasn't sure if there was a a one because I feel like no. there's a few.
0: But it was just like one of those like stupid yeah yeah songs that you hear whenever the ice cream man's coming down the street. Did you have a favorite ice cream truck snack? The face, the Ninja Turtle. Yeah, I think that's the, every, I think that's
1: everybody that's like, like my age to your age, and then like anybody older than us or younger than us has a different one. But it's like, yo, I want that. It's like, oh, you're out of that. Give me the Tweety Bird. It's the exactly. same, but you just want that gross ass gumball eye. Exactly.
0: Dusty finally gets Tully into the barbed wire, and Tully is bleeding. Wyndham puts a ladder into the ring for Dusty, who sets it up and begins to climb. Tully gets up and kicks Dusty in his bag leg that's been broken a couple of times yeah, the
1: one you know the one with the knee brace, right exactly you know what would be great if there was barbed wire around the ring you need a ladder to get the bag of money to win but there's nobody out there so you have to go through the barbed wire to get the ladder in and then go back in which would be the right kind of brutal like
0: i don't need 100,000 yeah i mean i'll
1: go through i'll go through some barbed wire like fuck it was, it's not i'm not going to die just Hold your hands over your neck and wiggle under. Like no jugular, we're good. I can bleed. I just don't need. I just can't bleed from the big,
0: the big ones. As we'll see here in a minute, that barbed wire isn't. It's not hard to get in and out of the (laughs) ring.
1: It's not. I'm just saying. I was like, that would be cool if, you know, they needed the ladder to get there, but they also had to get through the barbed wire to get get the ladder in. Yeah.
0: Both men start climbing the start climbing the ladder. And they're at the top throwing punches and we get a bionic elbow from Dusty sending Tully to the ground. For some reason, Dusty doesn't immediately go for the money bag and Tully is able to grab Rhodes' leg. Rhodes then sends Tully's head into the ladder and begins beating on him some more. Dusty hits a DDT, which Tony calls a bulldog maneuver. Yeah. Because no one still didn't know what a DDT was at this time.
1: I mean, do they call it a I think they chant DDT at WrestleMania 3,
0: right? I think for Jake the Snake. For Jake, yeah, Yeah. but yeah. Dusty sets the ladder back up and he starts to climb, but Tully tackles him to the mat. Tully then begins to climb, but Dusty drags him down by the pants. Did we see ass?
1: Oh, I don't know if we don't. I know we're going to later. There's a whole lot of ass at some point. (laughs) Yeah.
0: J.J. Dillon slips a black glove to Tully, who then hits Dusty with it, busting him open. Wyndham is complaining, but literally the ref yells, there are no rules. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's a, yeah, the, the loaded glove. Tully then sets the ladder up, and J.J. Dillon slides into the ring, giving the ref an elbow to knock him down. One, he slid into the ring, yeah. so obviously it's easy enough to get into yeah, the ring. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's like, you can slide under. It's just like being pushed into it, because the, you know, the barbed wire. Two, line.
0: we got us a ref bump in a no DQ match. <laughs>
1: It's like, yeah, the ref doesn't even need to be out there. Whoever gets the money gets the money.
0: Dusty's getting up. Wyndham is now in the ring going after Dylan. Dusty gives a dropkick to knock the ladder and Tully down. Are you
1: writing question dropkick because it doesn't look
0: like a very good dropkick? It was like... Did he leave both feet for a drop kick? Or, was or did he like lift one one leg and then then fell? And then pull the other one? Because he couldn't uh, support his weight with one leg? Uh,
1: if Dusty was as good of a wrestler as he is a promo, we'd be talking about him the way we talk about Savage.
0: Exactly. Rose now has the black glove and hits Tully with it. Dusty tells the ref to set the ladder up. <laughs> and Rhodes starts climbing and grabs the money bag for the win.
1: That fucking rules that he, tell, he tells him to... Set, he's like, he set literally me. is like,
0: set the, set the ladder up. Is it because up. there's too much blood in
1: his eyes? <laughs> he's open in this, right?
0: Yeah, he gets busted open by, mean, the, by the glove.
1: Yeah, he I mean, he gets busted open by like looking at something
0: with a moderately sharp edge. Yes. So the seventh match, on to our next one. We get Ric Flair with J.J. J. Dillon versus Jimmy Garvin with Precious and Ronnie Garvin in a... Title versus One Night with Precious match in a steel cage for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship.
1: Why are they constantly pimping out
0: Precious like that? Well last time it was Baby Doll. Oh sorry. This is a different girl. Okay. I'm I'm sorry. But they're still pimping out the ladies. Yeah, they're still pimping out the ladies. I mean I, I feel like we'll probably see it a few more times.
1: Oh yeah, we definitely will. I mean, they're not pimping her out for real. This isn't uh, Moolah style.
0: No. <laughs> so the story behind this match was that Flair had been eyeing Precious, as Precious is a good-looking young lady, and he had sent her gifts such as a pink fur coat, and this had caused Jimmy Garvin to get upset. As... You know what Jimmy
1: Garvin should have done?
0: What should he have done?
1: Well, I mean, he doesn't have cell phones. It's hard to take photos. But he should have just, like, took uh, sexy photos of him and her on top of the pink fur coat and then sent them back to Ric Flair. And then, like, who wins? No match.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But this match does end up coming from Greensboro on July 11th. And I'm not sure if this is the first time we've seen it. I feel like it is, because I noticed it as well. But the big gold belt... The BGB! ...is there in the ring, and... Damn, it looks good. I am to say this now. Is it your favorite? It is my favorite belt.
1: <laughs> I can't argue that. It's, it looks so damn good. Like, yeah, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you it's a bad looking belt.
0: So as the match starts out, Garvin actually starts out strong, which, layers, uh, which leads to a flare flop. Flair hits the low blow to gain control, and then Rick goes to the top rope, but is press slammed by Garvin. Jimmy locks on the figure four, but Flair is finally able to escape by reaching the ropes. Garvin tries to put the figure four on once again, but Flair rakes the eyes to escape. Garvin then pushes Flair towards the ropes. Schoolboy rolls him up for a two count. And 15 minutes has passed in this match at this point. Not on our video, just in real life. <laughs> IRL. Flair goes to throw Garvin into the cage, but reverses it at the last second for Flair to end up hitting the cage himself. And then we get the, cheese, the cage is the cheese grater spot. Yep. We get a shot of a young lady that is looking scared for Flair, that she's that he's getting busted open at this point.
1: I mean, has she seen a Ric Flair match? Does the man not bleed?
0: Exactly. Flair tries to escape the cage, but Garvin pulls him back in and then slams his head on the top of the cage railing.
1: I love how when Ric Flair tries to leave the cage, it you seriously think he's gonna fall out of the cage because he's like Just almost hanging on. By yeah, he's like yeah, he's like yeah, he's. The degree, like, it looks more like he's going to leave the cage than come back into the cage, and it's fucking great.
0: But at the same time, it's like, escaping the ring is still not a way to win the match, so why are you trying to escape? Because
1: him? he's a piece of shit, he'll piece of shit.
0: I guess that's true.
1: I mean, that's my argument. Yeah. It's whatever. It's an NWA show. As long as you're... Technically, by I, guess, at all, I, it's technically good.
0: I guess if he escaped the ring and then he just left, he would be counted out. Or disqualified. Yeah. And he wouldn't lose the belt. No, so,
1: yeah, yeah. He just he would just not have sex with
0: Precious. I just, I just didn't wrap my head around yeah. it. Now he that would, I get yeah, he would. if I guess if he comes
1: out of the ring by on his own thing, then he, what the world wins because Ric Flair doesn't potentially rape. Just to get it's heavy, true, just true. to get heavy. It's true.
0: So we get Garvin hitting a big uh, big back body drop, goes for the cover, but Dylan's distracting the ref from the outside. Garvin and then Irish whips Flair and him. But when he comes down, his knee buckles, and he hurts his knee, and he can't stand. (laughs) That's good. So then we get Flair attacking the knee of Garvin. Is
1: this when we get the, oh, no, that's a Ric Flair. There's a spot where Ric Flair says, oh, God, oh, shit, on camera, and it rules. I missed that, I guess.
0: Flair starts trash talking, spitting on Ronnie Garvin, who's on the outside. Flair chopping away at Jimmy Garvin, but Jimmy starts chopping back. And, which seems like it's going to be leading up to a Jimmy Garvin like charging up and everything. But Flair then heads up to the top rope to climb out again. But Garvin pulls Flair's tights down as he's trying to climb up to stop him but Garvin falls off. Flair's ass oh, is ass hanging out of his trunks. Yeah. And instead of then going out of the ring at that point, which, like I said, isn't a yeah. way to win the ring, to win, to win the match, he drops back into the ring. But then Flair heads over to the other corner and climbs to the top. And Garvin catches up with him this time. And Flair falls off, crotching himself. So I almost feel like maybe it was a botched spot that was supposed to be leading towards the finish. Yeah. That Garvin wasn't supposed to fall off. He, like, actually legitimately, like, accidentally fell off. After Flair crotches himself, Garvin falls on top of him for a two count. Garvin then attempts a brain buster, but his knee gives out again, and Flair locks in the figure four. Flair, like, grabbing the ropes like there's no tomorrow. Oh, yeah,
1: I think he grabs the... I think he switches between, like, the middle rope and the top rope. Top rope, yeah. But he's, like, seriously like pulling it down, like, almost like a full 12 inches.
0: Garvin's shoulders go down for the three count, and the Flair victory. Yeah.
1: There's, like... This match was good, and there was a lot that happened. And there was a lot of fun, like selling and like the guys were emotional and showed distress and like cursed also i'm not sure how long the actual video was but it went on for a while because while i was watching it there was a 15 minute count and i looked at the timestamp on the video i was watching and it was at five minutes and ten seconds yeah so it's like oh man how long did this go but the way they cut it you know you did a great job covering the match,
0: but there was a lot of stuff in between, and uh, I really enjoyed it. I did, too. So, post-match, we see a fan start climbing the outside of the ring. Yeah, that's real shit, right? That's real shit. It's fucking cool. And it's actually David Crockett and Tony Schiavone who's stopping. Tony Schiavone could stop anybody? Because he started climbing up like right above yeah, where yeah. the announcers were, and they like grabbed his legs, until, yeah. at least until security could get over there so yeah. he couldn't get all the way in. And Tony
1: Giovanni just like, I feel like that. I don't think I could beat anybody up, but I might be able to beat up Tony Giovanni.
0: <laughs> and then we see Precious and Ronnie Garvin get in the ring to check on Jimmy. And Flair grabs Precious as he is winner for the night. Funny. And Ronnie starts throwing right hands of stone at Flair. And we get a Flair flop before he leaves the ring. Get on you, Ronnie. And I'm going to give a spoiler warning here. Remember what happened in this match for. Bunk. Next year's, okay. I so, think next year's Great American Bash. So eighty-eight GAB. Yeah. All right. This is part of the storyline because we'll get like a, s- a f- we'll
1: get like a stampede and a
0: in a starcade before then, or maybe it's the starcade. I don't know. Maybe it's the starcade. So maybe in a couple weeks. Just remember this match. Yo, I well, like something I, happens. I, I like this match based on this match. I would. Uh, I like this match. I enjoyed it quite a bit. So we move on to our eighth match. We got the Rock and Roll Express, which is Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson versus the Midnight Express of Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane with Big Bubba Rogers in their corner in a title versus title match for the NWA World and U.S. Tag Team Championships. Now you're saying, we've seen the Midnight Express before. Yeah. But this is the first time we've seen Stan Lane. Dennis Condry left the NWA and the Midnight Express. It's the last time we had seen them at Starcade 86 at the infamous Skywalkers match. So Stan Lane joined the Midnight the Express. The one where
1: Cornette broke himself in exactly.
0: half forever. And Stan Lane is a member of the Wrestling Observer newsletter Hall of Fame. This match comes from us comes to us from Atlanta on July 4th. And we see Gibson with a sunset flip pin attempt, a head scissors takedown on Eaton, An insiguri to send Lane out to the ring, out of the ring to the floor. This is a really quick pace match between these two teams. Also,
1: uh, the Midnight Express like logo, the M and the X on their like Mm -hmm. jackets, really great. Their song is really fantastic, Rock and Roll Express song. Not very rock and roll. It's okay, but the Midnight Express like they come out looking
0: good to me. Morton and Lane, they get into a test of strength when Morton climbs up Lane to his shoulders before jumping off and giving a shoulder block off the ropes and then a huracarana. It's so fucking cool. He climbs the man.
1: Yeah. Like, I'm so down for that. These guys are not small guys. And, like, he fucking climbs him and it it looks fucking
0: good. I, like, was literally watching. I was like, what? Yeah, I was like, yeah, that's what I... What did I And, just then, see? and then it was a
1: hurricane run, and I was like, okay. Like, I didn't expect that in this match, let <laughs> alone, you know, preceded by a, a, a climbing spot. I don't yeah. know what you
0: call it. Uh, Gibson attempts another head scissors, this time on Eaton, but they are too close to the ropes, and Lane punches Robert to knock him off the shoulders. Midnight Express begin to take control with a sledgehammer off the top rope, quick tags, and knees to the back. We get a drop toe hold by Eaton, followed by a running elbow drop by Lane on Gibson. And then we see Lane with a doggy-style headbutt of his own. Oh, yeah,
1: I know. You know I got those headbutt notes.
0: Eaton has Gibson in the corner when Roberts crawls under Bobby's legs to make the hot Hot tag. tag. Right hands, double noggin knocker to the Midnight Express. We get stereo drop kicks to Lane. Eaton whips Morton to the ropes, and Big Bubba with the boss man slam, as the ref is trying to get Gibson out of the ring. And it's it, done.
1: It's this is a, continue, but this is done well.
0: Eaton covers, and the ref comes over to count, but sees, sees Bubba's hat, hat. He sees his hat laying in the ring. Picks it up, looks at it, throws it, and calls for the bell. And it's fucking genius. Rock and Roll Express with the DQ win. So everyone keeps their belt. It fucking rules.
1: Like, the fact that, like, he came in and did the shit but got caught. And he got caught because of an article of clothing that was obviously his. Like, it was fucking cool. I was so... Like, this match was great. It was quick. Great spots. But then, like, that DQ finish is the kind of DQ finish that the world deserves.
0: So we're on to our ninth match. Which is the second War Games match. Basically the same people we got the Four Horsemen, which Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, Lex Luger. But this time, War Machine is wrestling with them. And J.J. Dillon and Dark Journey are on the outside. Versus the Road Warriors of Hawk and Animal, Dusty Rhodes, Nikita, Koloff, Paul Ellering. And as we were saying earlier, you can find this match with commentary and everything um, on the network like in the War Games I, collection. I
1: kind of want to watch it that way. Because I watched it and I was like, man... Like, these camera angles are weird, but they're also kind of funny,
0: because you'll get stuff that you normally wouldn't get. But the version we got, unfortunately... (laughs) No commentary, I couldn't hear No commentary, it's from one camera angle from the far corner, so like, literally we can't see anything that's going on in one of the rings, but that was the version we got, and we didn't find out about the collection version until, like, literally right before we were supposed to record. So... It is what it is. But we're going to talk about the version that we saw. Why not? It'll still give a pretty good idea. I watched
1: the whole thing. Exactly. Not that I would ever, like, you know, not watch the whole thing.
0: But this second match, the second War Games match, is from Miami at the Orange Bowl on July 31st, which is the last show of the tour. And we actually do get to see the cage being lowered and everyone making their way from the ring to the locker rooms. War Machine is Big Bubba Rogers in a mask.
1: It's not Don Cheadle in a uh, Terrence
0: Howard mask. It's not. <laughs> and the same rules apply as the previous war games match. And Dusty and Arn start us off once again. Arn's thrown into the cage a couple times, cheese greater time for Arn's face. Dusty puts the figure four on. A lot of, a lot of the spots are the exact yeah, same. Yeah, I mean, they've been
1: working this for a month. Like, they're...
0: I mean, like, this is only the second time that they've done it. They did it uh, really? two times. They, did, they did only did it. two? They so, only did two of
1: them. So, yeah, because it was Great American Bash, it wasn't like War Games tour.
0: Yeah. Uh, War Machine joins the match, and Dusty is trying to keep his distance. And the heels have the advantage and begin beating on Dusty. Dusty fights back with some bionic elbows. Hawk is in. We have a body slam party. And then Dusty and Hawk have an elbow party. just yeah. Body slams and elbows all over the place. Flair gets in, along with Arn, are given chops to Hawk. And then Flair goes to Snapmare Dusty. And once again, Dusty just does not know how to take hip tosses and snapmares. <laughs> no,
1: he's not a... He's, an, he's a bionic elbow man. He is not a, you know... Hip a, 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 Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's not a bump man. He isn't,
0: yeah. Flair gets Dusty in the figure four and Arn is holding Rhodes' arms. But then Nikita comes in and is being triple teamed by the horseman.
1: Because Nikita's so badass that he has to be triple, triple teamed. I fucking love Nikita
0: Koloff. Arn pile drives Koloff, which he no-sells, and then gives a Russian sickle to Anderson. And then a sickle to Flair and begins ramming Rick's head into the cage. Tully is in and the Horsemen begin double teaming Dusty. We see Flair chopping at Hawk, who no sells. Then uses the cage as a cheese grater on Flair's head, like literally the she faces just keep no selling yeah. everything.
1: Uh, I do love that in a big match like this, like that they can get away with no selling because it's like well, it's all over. Yeah, like, do you exactly. over? Also, uh, I w- didn't realize it was War Machine because I couldn't hear the thing. So you know what I have for my notes for who was in the ring. A-S-2, which would be assassin number two, because I was like, ah, eh, it kind of looks like assassin number two. <laughs> so, like, I have an assassin number two question mark anytime that I have a note about him.
0: But it's War Machine. It's War Machine.
1: Who is Big Bubba Rogers, that we Big Bubba
0: Rogers, exactly. Animals then in starts giving the slingshot suplexes to Tully into the cage. Dusty then throws War Machine into the cage. Luger jumps in, starts clearing room, which can see some of, but because of people in the corner... Can't see the other ring. Uh, we get more bionic elbows by Dusty. Double noggin knocker. Paul Ellering's finally in, scraping Flair's face with the spiked wristband. <sighs> I didn't even realize that was happening.
1: Cause like I watched this pretty intently because it's actually pretty interesting considering it's only from one angle. But for some reason that kind of made it
0: a different kind of fun
1: because it was from one angle. That's true. But like
0: I don't know. So everyone's in now. So submission or surrender. Nikita No sells some more chops from Flair. There's so many people in the ring and the not very good camera angle that we had it's makes a lot it of really on, tough yeah. to follow. I can see Animal in the other ring with more machine and he has the spiked wristband and everyone else just seems to be brawling in the middle yeah. between the two rings. Is
1: this the is this the match where we get the I believe it was Dusty hanging from the top the kick spot? If there was, it was
0: I, okay. d- I didn't see it. it was, I feel
1: like it was really memorable. It was uh, either the first match or this one but Dusty basically like holding on to the top of the cage from you know inside of the cage but holding on to the top of it and swinging it and like you know from like he like basically is on the top turnbuckle rope and puts his hands grabs the cage and like does a swing kick and I'm like that was bizarre for him or anybody. That completely okay. Yeah, it totally happened in one of these two matches, but hmm. I was like it's like Matt'll, Matt'll get this, but I don't know
0: where it goes. But as we see everyone in the middle brawling All of a sudden, the bell rings. People are still kind of going at it. And then it cuts to a shot of the horseman checking on War Machine. So I'm going to Assassin number two. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to go with that he surrendered because of the spiked wristband. Yeah. That's what I'm going to go with. He's
1: also War Machine. It's like, hmm. J.J. Dillon wasn't in there to surrender. Exactly. They needed someone to surrender. So. Mommy's all right. Daddy's all right. Uh, war Machine's a little rough. Surrender. <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly. So, uh, what were your overall thoughts of this Great American Bash?
1: Uh, our tapes looked like shit, but I had a really good time with most of this. I mean, I was surprised that I liked it as much as I did. Also, like, I've kind of realized going between the two that the NWA stuff is more of the like bloody gritty, like, it's kind of your ECW you know in a way it's like it's more It's there's no cartoon characters everybody's a guy in tights Mm -hmm. and they're fucking fighting to like have sex with somebody's girlfriend like real shit like that's what's happening in these matches in cages and everyone bleeds and like everybody somebody looks at somebody like they're gonna kick their ass and then they start bleeding so like i think that it might be better or i am just getting a feel for it Honestly... It's a different style. There's so many styles of wrestling. Yeah.
0: The biggest reason we covered these Great American Bash highlight videos was because of this show. I wanted to see the first War Games match. Oh, really? That's why? And... I'm just down. After watching them, I'm kind of like, they're not amazing matches. No.
1: I mean, it's a good spectacle for the time being. There's a reason that we don't do it anymore. And when we do, it's like an NXT and when it's NXT like it's still a spot
0: fest but it's much more of a spot fest now it's, Yeah, it's much, it's much more of a spot fest now because then it was well, basically just brawling and it was just like there's, there the, were no spots yeah,
1: yeah the workers now are different and it's one of those things like it was basically like it was a money shot and now like you really can't compare like what happens now to what happened then but you can compare what happened then to like it's influence Exactly. Now. You can't. It doesn't work backwards. No. Just like, just you know, it's just like with any progression. Like it doesn't of well, sports in general. Like, especially with wrestling because wrestling is fucking fixed. So it doesn't work backwards, and that's one of the main reasons that we do this is because we get to work forwards, and it's fun. Sometimes it's rough. Sometimes it's. Sometimes sad. it's rough, but I'm never upset afterwards. I might I could, because I gain context, and I gain context for something, and I only appreciate it more because of it. And I appreciate some older stuff more than newer stuff. The more I take in, exactly. just like with the NWA stuff, where I was like, you know what, I really like this, and I don't know that it was the best NWA thing we've watched, but I—it's up there,
0: definitely. Yeah, I, I really, mean, like, I yeah. really enjoyed all the and ma- this all these matches. Like, Because literally, because it's a highlight video, obviously the stuff that's not good has been cut out.
1: Yeah, and like, I think that another reason that I might like it is the context that we've created by watching these things. Also, Garvin and Ric Flair cage match. So good. It was fucking great. Good, where's the smart marks at? (laughs) Alright, fuck you.
0: It's time to smark it up.
1: Oh, I think we just did that. I mean, we kind (laughs) of did. We'll continue though.
0: I mean that was the start of our best moments because definitely that Jimmy Garvin Ric Flair match was great. Okay,
1: so like we did overall thoughts, but to to mark it up, that was my favorite match, I think. It It was easily it was was. easily my favorite match. It totally Uh, was. I like the tag match a whole bunch. Express Express. Oh Express
0: Express match. Yeah, it was really good as well.
1: Yeah, and then the first War Games match was really fun. It's a lot, but. It was the camera angles. I'll probably try to go back and watch the second one with better angles. I am pretty sure there is that weird dusty cage spot I'm talking about. And if that exists, his bowl and ball ass doing that is kind of tight.
0: It, it would be. Because it's
1: definitely like, you know...
0: I loved seeing the torture rack for the first time. Yeah, that was because good. Because like I said, that was one of my favorite, of my favorite finishers. Also, kind of uh, kinda cool to see Lex. Yeah, even though... like. With him coming in last, I mean basically last yeah. out of the because obviously obviously Dylan and Dylan and and Dylan came in last in yeah. the first one. But you would think that they would give more bigger spots to Luger as the last man in for his team. Yeah. And I felt like he was actually kind of lost in the war games match. Well that's a the, bit. that's
1: the kind of the difference between what like Vince because has done and the, what N W A did where it's like you gotta he like earn the, your spot.
0: He was the lesser known of all the people that were in that match. They put him in, it's like, I feel like you have to,
1: like, I think it's always, like, fighting from under in the NWA, it seems like. Yeah. It's like, I don't feel like that they were trying to make stars as much as, like, you kind of had to go out there and do it yourself. Yeah. You had to, like, shoot your way to the top. (laughs) Like, you know, sorry for the pun, but yeah. But Luger, no, like, he looked good in the ring. Like, of course he looked good because he, you know, is a big buff strong young man but like his selling and the way he applied holds and stuff like Mm -hmm. he looked good he looked convincing and he looked kind of more serious than a lot of the other guys because like you know road warriors are serious like arn is a serious guy but there's kind of a bit of like a cartoon twinge on it just a little bit but like lex just kind of looked like a dude that needed to go in there and do the shit so I'll give Lex Luger uh, a thumbs up for
0: this performance. I mean, I, I mean, I really liked his match with Koloff. So yeah, God, Koloff rules. Yeah. How about most disappointing moments? You got anything there? Oh, what did we just what did we just watch? I mean, uh-huh. I wish Barry Windham had grabbed that cradle and been able to get the pin over so that yeah, the finish didn't look so bad in the Windham. I think the like Steiner match. I was disappointed with the. I, I, I don't I, remember. I didn't what, love the latter match either.
1: No, I liked it just because I was like, what the hell was this? Oh, uh, like the Dr. Death. I don't even remember what happened.
0: I mean, not much of anything. That, yeah. It was entertaining. Yeah. But not, it not memorable. It's not memorable. Because there's some stuff think. that's entertaining but memorable.
1: Like, if you wanted to go back, one, to WrestleMania three, the, like, the midget match, not great. Very memorable. To to an extent, yeah. I think it's I think it was super memorable.
0: Yeah, best performer of the night, I'm giving uh, it to uh, Ricky Rick. Morton. Yeah, for his step up, off the jumping off out of the test of strength and then giving the karana.
1: Is that the uh, what? Uh, and an in that match. Is that the? Wait, he is he the one that did the the like the crawl up? Spot? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It'll be him. And then my other thing is Ric Flair. Basically falling out of the ring Because he like Seriously Every time yes. he did that spot I thought he was legitimately Going to fall out of the ring And I didn't know the finishes To these matches But I have a pretty good idea What's going to happen He fucking had me Like Thinking he was going to fall out To the point where he like You know Had was ass out Because of it
0: Ric Flair's ass Best performer of the night
1: Uh Flabby white ass <laughs> <laughs> you over the place. Ask Precious Wait did he win Precious? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. So, ask precious, maybe maybe Ric Flair is a uh, peg boy.
0: Anything surprising that happened in this show? Uh, I guess the barbed wire thing that was pretty surprising. I I was shocked that there was a barbed wire match in the NWA. I was gonna point.
1: say the amount of cages, but that's not true because you know it's NWA. There's always
0: a cage match in yeah. the NWA. Show. So like
1: yeah, just I guess the fact that there was like three or four of them shits. The the barbed wire was for sure, and then the barbed wire turning into not only a barbed wire, but a
0: ladder money match. <laughs> yeah, there was just way too many stipulations on yeah, that match. But you know, that's NWA. Exactly. I'm surprised no. we got no Wahoo? There was a lot of guys I missing. Think, I think Wahoo. Wahoo's is done. Maybe gone. It's fine. So is Jimmy Valiant.
1: I know. At this point, it's fine. It's going to be a sad day when my JYD leaves. But you know, he's going to die in a couple of years. He is dead. But I mean, a couple of years from yeah. this show.
0: And now for a look back even further into the history of wrestling. The dusty finish. Ed Lewis and Billy Sandow had great success as a tandem, but they were missing an innovator, but they would soon meet James Irvin Mont better known as toots because of his boyish face. Toots first came to wrestling through farmer Brown's correspondence course in early 1920, Ed Lewis and Billy Sandow were looking for a new training partner when they met James Montt. Toots claimed he was a better wrestler than Lewis and served well as a training partner, but his contributions went far beyond keeping Lewis in shape. The three men would come to be known as the Gold Dust Trio. It was a nod to how much money they would make, but also to their massive contributions to professional wrestling. One of these contributions would be to introduce... A new style of wrestling to the world. Quick question. Quick answer.
1: Do you think that Dustin Rhodes' Gold Dust is a dig on the Gold Dust trio by having him be a like weird queer character?
0: As I was doing research for this, I thought that exactly.
1: Yeah. I mean, kind of like, you know, later on, like, like Virgil being a rib on Dusty.
0: Road dog and Billy Gunn doing... Voodoo Ken Mafia.
1: Oh, I don't remember that.
0: <laughs> that was an impact. Okay. That's a rib on yeah. Vincent K. McMahon.
1: Oh, uh, man. But yeah, the Gold Dust thing. So, like, you know, I know that story. I've read that book. But, like, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was like, when I was reading that, I was like, the Goldust
0: Trio. All right. So, this next week, Survivor Series 1987. We get a, another one of the big four. Pay-per-views. From yeah, BWF. I mean, it's the, it's the
1: second. It's the second one that becomes uh, annual because, exactly. like, we had WrestleMania, we had uh, big event. Wrestling There's the Classic. Wrestling Classic. Then we've had the two, you know, the two W or the two MTV ones, which I'd really like to watch at some point, and I kind of wish would, that they were part of this. Wish
0: they were put on
1: to the network. Like, mean, we can get it off the internet. If they don't want it, then it's out there. <laughs> this is the only. Like, this is the first one that's about to, you know become annual.
0: Yeah, other than WrestleMania in yeah. the WWF.
1: And uh, Survivor Series is how many matches? There's four matches. And it is how long? Almost three hours long. It is like 244, 245. Yeah. It's like almost as long as WrestleMania.
0: Yes. Three. So the music from this week's show is actually the theme song from Great American Bash 1987 called Digi Heart which you heard at the beginning of the show. And... Yeah. Since the Road Warriors were part of the winning team in the War, war Games match, I'm going to play their theme music. It never gets played anywhere. And it's Iron Man which by rules. Black Sabbath.
1: Because I am a huge Black Sabbath fan. I think that the two best bands as far as like influential to things that I love are, is like Black Sabbath and the Ramones. And the Ramones only wrote one song, but Black Sabbath wrote every best guitar riff ever. Mm. That's, that's all I got. I like my I like my punk rock and I like my metal. I got two words for you. You, One, two. and Zeppelin. Oh, you're a Zeppelin guy? Yeah, I love Zeppelin. We can fight about it later.
0: If you like us, you can rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. You can even find us on SoundCloud. Or just wherever else you want to find your podcast at. Give us those five star reviews. Helps us uh, helps more people find us. From what I hear from other podcasts, it's five star or no star. It's literally if you give us a four star yeah. it's like thanks it doesn't help us yeah. you gotta give us five stars that's the, what they
1: say I don't know it, it's literally what I feel good. like I should probably start starring things just because it's like wow, they ask for it I'm listening exactly so yeah,
0: I'll, you should, you uh, should literally uh, yeah. spend five seconds like literally click on click on our name if I star you star we star all you have to do is click on our name and then right there it says, rate this podcast. And you can click the fifth star, and you're good to go. You know, yeah. If you don't leave a review, we're not going to be mad at you. Nah.
1: If you like If you want to leave a zero star, just email me. mtemple87 at we'll, gmail. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to you about it. I'm not giving out my answer. Or you can hit
0: us up on our email at wrestlinghistoryx at gmail.com if you want to do that. Or you can always find us on Twitter at wrestlinghistox. That's wrestling H-I-S-T-O-X. And we'll talk to you next <laughs> week.